the Summer Skate Studios, IcetimeHockeyWest.com presents the American Collegiate Hockey Top 20 Podcast, brought to you by Liberty University. Bring your faith and your game to the premier ACHA M1 program on the East Coast. See us at liberty.edu. Behind the Mask and BehindTheMask.com, your hockey superstore with three Valley locations and across the country at BehindTheMask.com. Central Oklahoma University, a top-ranked education and an elite college hockey experience. For more information, go to uco.edu or ucohockey.com. Jesse Ray's Barbecue at 5611 South Valley View Boulevard in Las Vegas or 308 North Boulder Highway in Henderson for lunch or catering your next office party. We are the best of barbecue Las Vegas style. UNLV Hockey. Follow the Skate and Rebels Championship Quest. For tickets and schedule information, go to rebelhockey.com. Top Golf. Play around. Food. Fun. Golf. Something for everyone at topgolf.com. Adrian College. Championship hockey culture and a nationally rated small private school education at adrianbulldogs.com. Caesars Entertainment Resorts and Casinos with Caesars Rewards members can enjoy rates as low as $10 a room. University of Arizona Hockey, be a part of building not just a championship culture, but the future. Visit ArizonaWildcatHockey.org. Summer Skates, order your custom koozies or shower shoes at SummerSkates.com and show your game in comfort and style. San Diego State University Hockey. Sun, sand, and hockey, as well as a top flight education at sdsu.edu and sdsuhockey.com. Jets Pizza. Go to jetspizza.com to find the location near you and create your own unique pizza with all of our different crusts and fresh toppings. And Oklahoma University Hockey, the action you crave only faster at ouhockey.net. The American Collegiate Hockey Top 20 Podcast is a part of the IcetimeHockeyWest.com network. Here are your hosts, Scott Strandy and Stephen Marsh. All right, what an introduction, and welcome in, hockey fans, anywhere that you're listening to us today live on the Podbean app or on the download anywhere that you get your podcast. This is indeed the American Collegiate Hockey Top 20 Podcast. Scott Strandy with you today. Just at our Panera location off of Washington and the California 111 in beautiful Palm Springs, California, where it's 86 balmy degrees. My co-host is always Stephen Marsh, joining me from that beautiful, vibrant city of Las Vegas, Nevada. Stephen, how are things in that uh, beautiful city today? Oh, it's very beautiful. Uh, did you get your daily uh, beverage in there? I know you just signed up for their their uh, their beverage pass and uh, the sip club. Your... The sip club, sip my club. friend. The sip club. So hopefully you got your 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 fix of your your beverage, your favorite your favorite soft drink or water or whatever you may be drinking this day. They have a great agave lemonade, which is unbelievable. Uh, except when I drink it, I must find a bathroom about every ten minutes. <laughs> but it's delicious, and we love the Paneras for all of uh, their support and their help. And uh, uh, our home away from home when we do podcasts on the road to, now, it just fits out they, good. They just need to build you a little studio there since you're there all the time doing the shows. Yeah, well, the problem with it is I'm in different Paneras, so we found oh, probably six or eight now on the road where we can, uh, I, we can pull in and do a show. This, I thought you were doing it from the same Panera bread. No, that we've been at this one uh, quite often, but because uh, the internet connection is is wonderful here and everything seems to go pretty well while we're here, but um, there are other ones as well, and we find them everywhere. Last yesterday, the show came to you live from the beach at Newport Beach. Oh, what what are you doing a podcast at the beach for? What is wrong with you? <laughs> well, you should be you should Paul be in the I did, water. Paul and I did it coast to coast, if, right? If I, was I was on one I, coast, he was on the other. If I'm at the beach, I'm not thinking about doing a podcast, that's for sure. <laughs> that's the difference well, between you and me. That's why you're the that's why you're the boss. That's why you're dedicated. That's why you're on the road all day, every day these days, going out there trying to promote the great game of hockey and I'm well trying to do what I can to you know. Uh yeah, I hear you. But um 
Yeah, seriously, we thought it would be kind of cool. I was I was close to Newport Beach yesterday, and I thought, you know what? I'm just going to go down to the beach. We weren't actually on the and, beach. We're about 500 went, yards. And he went on on the beach where he's at, right, at his palatial estate, right? Yeah, he's about a mile and a half, so he's uh, not quite there either. But he was from the backyard. I was uh, outside of a McDonald's about 500 yards from the beach, and it was just such a glorious, beautiful day in Southern California. We thought, why not? Why not do the podcast from here today? Anyway, uh, that's all small talk and all things uh, out there. I do want to shout out our friends at the California Fish Grill, though. I've been working uh, to get them on board with the Pro Hockey West Report since they have locations in, guess where? Vegas, Southern California, Arizona. A perfect fit. I've, so I am I've, working I've hard the, I, to bring I, them I, on board. I, I live up here. I'm in, these days, I'm in the Northwest. That's where I'm based at now these days. And there is a California Fish Grill. I've seen it. You know, going around town and doing what I'm doing, and I've seen the California Fish Grill uh, up there. So yeah, I've I've seen the, I've seen one here, and I so I know that they're in Vegas for sure. Yeah, there's three in Vegas. There's actually when you look at the Pro Hockey West Report and the cities that we teams that we cover, the cities that they're located in. Um, Henderson obviously is very close to one of the locations. Uh, there's one in Bakersfield. There's one in Ontario. There's San Diego. There's uh, Palm Springs. There is uh, San Jose, um, and in, in Arizona, there's a couple in Phoenix. I'm sure they'll be moving to Tucson before too long as they continue to expand. So hopefully we get them on board. I think they'd be a great partner uh, and, to talk, and their food is delicious. Yeah, and you know, and it's getting deep into the playoffs. The Firebirds are still in the, in the playoffs, and the Golden Knights here in the NHL are still in the playoffs. So if those teams continue to advance, we'd love to have them be on board. And so we, you and I can be on location from wherever they play the rest of the way, whether for you it would be in Texas, if it's Texas, or Milwaukee, which I'm sure you'd love to go to either of those cities, if, if the Firebirds <laughs> can get past Calgary, of course. And for the Golden Knights, if they can be, get past Edmonton, you know, a trip to Dallas, which would be in Texas. So imagine if if Dallas, imagine if uh, Texas and Dallas somehow cross intersect here at some point, and we could do a crossover. <laughs> Wouldn't that be crazy? Um, I thought or, it was crazy. Or Seattle, or Seattle. I'd love to love to see the. How about that for? And I know we'll get to more on the Pro Hockey West report show, but it's the slow slow stuff going with ACHA stuff. So let's digress for a second. But how nice would it be for it to be? The Golden Knights and the Seattle Kraken in the Western Conference Final. The two newest NHL teams playing each that, other in the Western Conference Final. That would be plus unreal. Who plus, who wouldn't love to go on a late May trip to Seattle? <laughs> yeah, that that would be uh, that would be an experience. Uh, before we go too deep again into the ACHA show, which is of course is what we do here on the American Collegiate Hockey Top Twenty podcast, but before we get too deep, and I do want to shout out um, a, a little thought of prayer. For the uh, the guys down in Allen, Texas, you know, I went down to Allen a couple of years ago and spent some time uh, with the Americans, and um, they recently had a uh, another mass shooting. Uh, it delayed the uh, Idaho Steelhead and the Allen Americans uh, games uh, that were supposed to be played down there last weekend. So our thoughts and prayers go out to them. It's uh, you know, I'm sure for you, Stephen, it's a flashback like it was for me uh, to one October. Uh, another senseless uh, tragedy that uh, you know is maybe going to draw these uh, Allen Americans even closer together to their community now. Yeah, I mean it's it's a flashback, but I mean it's happening it's happening way too often these these mass shootings across the country in general. And this one was at a was at an outlet mall, and and how many of us go to malls on occasion? Maybe not as much as we used to, but outlet malls. I mean, we have an outlet malls here in Vegas. I've been to and walk around every once in a while. And, or we've had some bank. I mean, just common places that we go to schools, which is the most. Tra I th it's all tragic, but the most tragic to me is when it happens at a school and affects the children. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, it's just uh, if, if the sports tie to this, of course, as you mentioned with the Allen Americans and and uh, both both teams putting out statements when that happened, uh, supporting them, and and obviously postponed the the game, the second game of that series, which was supposed to be now, and they've moved it now to Idaho. They'll play a few games there, and then if the series goes far enough. They'll go back to Allen to finish the series, but, but yeah, it's a, uh, it's a really, uh, it's a really tough situation. Exactly, we talk about one October here when it comes up every year, and and we still over that, and or we you know we go through that, and and uh, and and how that brought the community close, and of course with the arrival of the, the NHL team here, the Golden Knights, right about that time, uh, kind of helped with that, 
And so it's uh, that's what's great about sports. It can be a great unifier uh, in, in these uh, tragic of situations, um, whatever that may be. And uh, yeah, well said. It, unfortunately, it, we're, we rely on that way too much to be to be that to be the case. But but thank goodness we do have things like sports to help us uh, through these uh, these tragic moments. And not saying yeah. that we don't forget those things, but the sports sports are there to help as a unifier. And I think that's what makes it uh, great. As sad as it is that we have to go through that, at least it's it's there as a yeah. As a totally totally agree with you. Um, the other thing I want to bring up is I haven't I haven't uh, we haven't done a show since the uh, Monday night draft lottery, so I haven't gotten your feelings on that. Paul Hornstein and I uh, talked about it on our Tuesday show um, yesterday. I and, guess you gotta, uh, you gotta pack your bags and go to Chicago now. <laughs> <laughs> well, l- let me ask you this because this is what I asked Paul, and I'm going to ask you the same thing, Stephen. Um, when you look at the NHL draft lottery, and everybody says, "Oh yeah." Connor McDavid is going to Chicago. Okay, let's just leave that aside for a moment. Um, the Connor number Bedard, two pick. Connor yeah, I'm sorry, Connor Bedard. Connor, what did I say? You said Connor McDavid. Now that would be big news if he ended up going to <laughs> Chicago. Sorry, sorry, I, Connor I, I Bedard. Like, I, I don't like to be the one to correct you, but I, that, I feel like that would we need to, good, to good correct catch. that record there a little good bit. Good catch. That was a that was just a little Freudian slip, I think. But anyway, Connor Bedard will if be the pick. That's the worst Freudian slip you like. have. I think that's. That's okay, because there's, uh, there's been a lot of slips lately in, in the media world. So uh, yeah, let's hope we don't have any of those. Anyway, um, so so Connor Bedard believed to be the selection in Chicago. If they don't select them, people are going to have an uprising because they did like $2 million in season ticket sales um, the very night after the announcement was made. That they and the same would have happened in Anaheim had that happened. It would have been... It would have no, and, and, no, I disagree. Uh, I think Chicago is crazy. No, I think Chicago's a great market. It's a great hockey market. Yeah, and I, I think sports market I think, in general. Yeah, they would have gone crazy, but Anaheim, they would have sold tickets. There's no doubt about it. But I don't think, and that's the point I'm getting to. I think the Anaheim Ducks are going to be just fine with one Adam Fantilli, and I'm assuming that's who they're going to select. He's a big center. Sometimes, you know, they always say style uh, styles make fights. Well, sometimes players have better fits different places, and I can't imagine putting Adam Fantilli in the middle of, uh, let, let me see, uh, who could you put him? Oh, how about Trevor Zegras? How about uh, Troy Terry? How about Mason McTavish? How about Jamie Drysdale? If he's, huh. when he gets <laughs> Jamie Drysdale. Yeah, you just go down the list and, and pick the, the guys, and he's a You're big You're going to be in the center. middle of it there in Anaheim. Right, right, two and a half miles from my place. So, um, so I think they're a winner. I also think the Arizona Coyotes were a winner. Oh, really? Here you go. <laughs> yeah, and here's why. They get well, they two, got Ottawa's. Yeah, they got Ottawa's pick. Yeah, they get two picks in the top 12. They get number six, their own, and number 12 from Ottawa. And uh, I think that may turn out to be uh, a pretty big draft for the Arizona Coyotes. There's no way uh, that Bill Armstrong and the Coyotes will blow this, right? I don't see how. I don't see how, except for the fact that uh, it's not Connor Bedard, it's not Adam Fantilli, and there is clearly a drop off from that point. So, yeah, I mean it's uh, it's it's crazy. Um, so, so your thoughts on that? Did you uh, did you think that's the way it was going to go, Stephen? Well, I think I think so. It's it's interesting because it seems like we always talk about every year. Now and especially this year, there was a lot. I mean, there was a lot of great draft years, but it seemed like this year there was a lot of buzz about Connor Bedard because there's a lot of there's a lot of um, and for good reason. There's a lot of attention given to him, like he's the next generational player for the NHL. You know, maybe like a like almost like a Crosby level or a Vechkin or or even like you mentioned McDavid and those kind of guys, those generational players. And, and Connor Bedard could be that next one. I think what's interesting is that people were. We're kind of saying on the on the networks and stuff that the, the pundits you call them, I guess, in the political world, but the analysts in sports world, if you want to call them that, um, if they said, well, how about Patrick Kane can come back to Chicago for another year and bring and put Connor Bedard under his tutelage, and then Kane can retire as a Blackhawk, and then Connor Bedard can can take over and be the captain. They're already saying that Bedard's going to be a captain. I mean, this is how this is how much of like a and I don't want to go to like this is like how much they're up 
up in this guy. Like the, he's already going to be a captain with the Blackhawks, and he hasn't even been drafted with the Blackhawks yet. You know, he will be, of course. But I mean, I mean, I understand how great he is, but um, and. and and maybe the Blackhawks were prepared for this because they sold the farm. Basically, you know, they they basically everybody, including Kane, were traded away at the deadline, and so it's like. And they really did not renew like, their captain Jonathan Taves. Yeah, they that they did not. Uh, yep. So they're moving on from that. But uh, so yeah, I mean, maybe, but maybe uh, Kane can come back, or maybe you know, or or maybe not, or maybe they just start from scratch. But who's going to be there to really? Who's going to really be there to 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 kind of train this guy? I mean, not not that you need that necessarily, but you know, there's a lot. There's not a lot of veteran presence on the on the roster for the Blackhawks. You'd like to have some of that to help, kind of, especially for somebody that's is um, is going to be so much uh, of a prized possession as Connor Bedard is. So uh, it'll be interesting to see how it shakes out. Um, and so maybe, let, let let me follow this up with this. Um, did you have any conspiracy thoughts like my co-host said that uh, this is the way it was going to end up? It was going to be Chicago because it was Chicago? <laughs> well, Did you think any conspiracy if, thoughts? If all teams, too, I mean, if the Blackhawks, too, just went through this whole recent thing, you know, the last season or so with the controversy that they had. And, and so it's kind of uh, – it's people are probably not happy – because of that, there's probably still a lot of mixed feelings about the, the organization, the way they handled that that whole thing, which people, which we won't go into, but uh, with 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 what happened with that one player and in, in the past and stuff. But I mean, that was in the past. But I mean, and, and then now they're going to get rewarded with this big prize, this Connor Bedard uh, player. So you know, some people probably look at that as a as a NHL doom. But I watched the video. I mean, it's it seems legitimate i mean it, it just seemed like interesting to me that the, the team that has the best odds every year does not get the number one pick and i think that's why they, they did this lottery because it it avoided teams doing the so-called tanking where you, you if you want a good player especially this year particularly when this this was going to be the, the number one pick that you would lose games on try to lose games on purpose but i think it, it avoids that uh to some extent uh, the ducks did have the best odds and they still get the number two pick but the blackhawks do move up now. They did put out the video after the fact of Bettman going through the whole draft lottery process. They put the balls in the thing. They talk about the combinations. They talk about they have some people in the room witnessing it. So uh, I think they do that because there are people like that that say <laughs> there are a bunch of people like that, and they just try to put it to bed. But can I but then, can I make I, a suggestion? Yes. Here it is. If you want to have a true. Um, winner of the lottery. This is the way you should do it. And I'm I'm not taking credit for this. I'm giving it to Shane Doan, who suggested this uh, many years ago. I'd love to win a lottery. I'd love to win a lottery myself. Yeah, <laughs> me too. <laughs> but anyway, anyway, uh, the way this is set up, this is what Shane Doan said um, as a member of the Coyotes, or maybe he had just recently retired. It's a few years ago now, but he said. Um, what he thought they should do is, like, once your team is eliminated from playoff contention, you can't get into the playoffs. Then you start uh, a, side, um, a side chart, if you will, I guess for lack of better words, and you use um, the final games that you have left, you try to earn points. And the team that earns the most points through wins uh, is the one that gets the first pick. You don't leave it to ping pong balls. You don't leave it to chance. You leave it to the teams. So, yeah, so but, let's say. But yeah, but that doesn't seem fair there because some teams may stay in the race until the very last game or or three games. Some teams might be out of it with twenty games to go. Okay, but then but they're not tanking. See, you're taking away the tanking aspect because some teams may just be uh, they may be down. They may have a bad year, but give them a chance to compete for for that top prize instead of leaving it up to ping pong balls because can you imagine columbus and anaheim and chicago the three worst records uh if you have them competing and and they're trying to win games all the way to the very end because they want to get the most points that would make it, that would make it kind of intriguing those those games oh, between, yeah you know keep everybody engaged and then it's fair because you say, okay, they earned that number one pick because they won games down the stretch when it mattered the most. Instead of earning and, it by 
by being the worst team in the in the NHL. Yeah, and not only being the worst team, but you might like you know Anaheim was the worst team record wise, and they're getting the number two pick. Right. <laughs> so you know, I that's what I think they should do, but um, you know, nobody's going to listen to me, and nobody's and, apparently and listening just, to Shane Doan either. And they just made some changes to it recently. I think the last few years, where a team like that was down, like a team like eleventh, twelfth, thirteenth, or or fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, whatever that may be, if somehow they they got the draw or something, they could only move up a maximum of 10 spots. So not Correct. all the, the 16 yeah. teams can can get the number one spot. You have to be within the top or the bottom, what, bottom 10 to get a chance to even move up uh, to the top spot. If you're 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, and you somehow miraculously get the, the draw, then you only can move up as much as, uh, you know, to 10 spots ahead of you. So avoids, avoids some of that, uh, some of that so yeah. teams so it helps some of those those teams that are in the best position have a better chance that way but still i mean i i think it makes it intriguing because it's it's not always a guarantee that that the the, the team with the worst record in the nhl is going to end up with the number one pick like it is in other sports like in the nfl where it's automatically just assigned uh that way so um, anyway, that that was my two cents, and I have one more thing on this topic, and then we'll move on to talk college, uh, American collegiate hockey top twenty stuff. Um, the other thing I, I I thought of was the Arizona Coyotes in, in a decade of the draft lottery that they've been in it um, have never moved up. They've either stayed the same or moved down. Uh, that to me seems just a bit strange in the odds. Um, and the Ducks that, have never had a number one pick either. Right. So, I mean, there's there's so many uh, crazy things like that. But I think a lot of people are upset over Chicago, not only being, oh, yeah, he was going to go to Chicago because it's a big city. It's great. It's, a, um, you know, an original six city. It's, it's good for the NHL and all of that. But I think they were upset over the fact, if you remember a few years ago, Stephen, the Arizona Coyotes lost their pick, their, their first-round pick, because of uh, they considered – um, pre-draft testing as uh, tampering, or or whatever they called it. Yeah, uh, I remember that. And they yeah, suspend. They, they took away so them. They fined them. They did a whole bunch of things to the Coyotes. And all of a sudden, the the less than a year after the uh, scandal, if you will, of the Blackhawks, they're picking number one and getting a generational player. And yeah. you know, so that's that's where the uproar is, right? That's where the uproar is because correct. because correct. of the whole. And, and the Kyle Beach thing, that's what we'll put that out there once. But that's the whole the reference, you know, the whole scandal with that and what happened with that. And it puts the Blackhawks on a on kind of a, uh, you know, the, how they handle that and stuff. And now they're getting a few years. They, they, they were punished, I guess, in a sense, but maybe they, they weren't because now they, they get the number one pick and now they're going to have a chance to get this generational player. So, you know, it gives them a chance to, you know, get a, get a redo in themselves and see how they handle the – themselves going forward now as an organization and, and, and put that whole thing behind you. Although there's still a lot of people upset about how that went down and uh, but there's still like Joe Quenville is still out of the NHL and has to get permission to even, you know, and his name's being thrown around as potential coaches, coaches uh, positions for different teams right now that have openings, uh, but he'll have to get permission from the commissioner to, to get cleared before he can coach again. So there's, so Quenville is, 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 was part of that, you know, is, is during that whole thing and was partly responsible for how things were handled there and were not handled. And, and uh, so he's kind of so, but the organization though now is going to be able to get this number one pick. So, so that yeah, there is some there's some uproar about that for sure. Yeah, I just think the uh, what what the talk is is that um, it should be equal, right? If the Coyotes got punished for what they did, and I'm not saying that's right or wrong, I'm just saying what this happened. Wasn't, but this wasn't a, a draft related thing, you know. This was this was something. I mean, so what? Probably, might be more egregious, maybe in some cases. Oh, yeah, I would say cases, so. And then what happened with the Coyotes in the doing some certain things that they weren't supposed to do around the draft? But maybe because they were, it was a draft related thing, they got punished draft wise. This was much more severe, and I think they did get punished. If I remember, I have to go back and look at how they were punished. Well, they got fined, and they, they, they uh, and, and Quenville lost a job, you know, and all of this. So, but you, but you, you shouldn't let them get have an opportunity to get the number one pick. You know, that, that that's what people. Even though are Quenville wasn't about. the coach at the time, he went to Florida, of course, later, right. years later, and but then they ended up stepping down and, and now is kind of out of the NHL until he can get permission to come back in. But yeah, I don't know. It's just kind of, yeah, it's, 
it's it's an unfortunate thing, but uh, so yeah, I mean it's 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 hard to equate the two two uh, situations, but um, but we'll see. I mean, you know, they're gonna get Bedard and and they'll have a chance to. to okay, so it. so I lied to you. I got one more one more <laughs> topic on this, um, and I I brought this up to Paul Hornstein. He laughed my my ears off. Um, <laughs> I said, any chance that you would ever put together a package to get that number one pick away from Chicago. Would Chicago ever consider a pick if you if you put a package together to give up that pick? Would they ever consider it? Or is Connor Bedard too big of a prize that they would never consider um, reloading with a group of players instead of one? Yeah, that seems highly unlikely that they'll do that. <laughs> yeah, good answer, because you're right. I'm not going to try to make this a long answer, or do the whole you know podcast speak or whatever. We'll try to drag it out for five minutes. I just don't think there's any way they're going to do it. No, and they can't now uh, financially because, uh, well, two reasons. Number one, they sold a whole bunch of season tickets. That would turn your, your fan base upside down. And second of all is... Um, you got to match up the salary caps, right? Keep in mind that Connor Bedard, what they sold in season tickets on the first night, will probably play, pay Connor Bedard's entry level contract for yeah, the first three years. And he's not going to get that much money to start off with. Exactly, because it's already uh, yeah. predetermined. So anyway, I wanted to get that in there. Uh, great time to take a break. Let's come back and let's really dig into uh, what's going on. We've got news from Naples. And the coaches stuff and some pictures that you sent me, which are kind of cool. Um, and we got news from the uh, that's a very, JOG uh, showcase. That's a correct? very that's a very theme for a podcast, a, an audio podcast to talk about pictures. <laughs> <laughs> I know, but the pictures um, they say a, they say they a say thousand, a thousand words. words. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And we need so, as many words as we can to fill another half hour. <laughs> no, we don't. We got all kinds of stuff. You didn't think we'd have enough to talk about. We just wasted an hour of people's time. No, we were talking. Half hour. We didn't even got to ACHA stuff. Yet. A half hour. At least. Slow, anyway. news, slow news days. Slow news days. <laughs> anyway, we'll, uh, we'll get right back to that in just a minute. But right now, uh, let's take a quick break, and we'll come back and talk American Collegiate Hockey Top 20 podcast. Championship pedigree, world-class coaching, and first-class facilities are all a part of the ACHA experience at Adrian College. The Bulldogs look to raise their third national championship banner in the last five years at Arrington Ice Arena, one of the best facilities in all college hockey. Get a big school hockey feel with all of the educational advantages of a private education. For more information, go to adrianbulldogs.com or adrian.edu. talent, development. NCAA Hockey offers all that and its players graduate at a 93% rate. Trevor Zegras. And they score on the lacrosse move! Jake Gensel. banks it towards the goal. He scores! Stars on campus before the NHL stage. Whether you're a fan or a player, nothing compares to college hockey. My goodness gracious, Visit collegehockeyinc.com and follow at College Hockey. Play at the premier ACHA D1 men's program on the East Coast and prepare yourself for life and career at Liberty University in Lynchburg, Virginia. Sellout crowds, top competition, and championship aspirations await you on our picturesque campus with state-of-the-art facilities, gifted faculty, and over 700 programs of study to help you make an impact on and off the ice, as well as your community training as a champion for Christ. Your faith in yourself and your beliefs are equally as strong. See if Liberty Hockey and Liberty University is right for you. Visit us at liberty.edu. So you're a few weeks into the season and that brand new equipment bag is starting to get kind of funky. 
those sweaty gloves and pads, yuck. Well, there's only so much you can do about it. But when that new pair of summer skates starts to pick up that scent, that's easy. Our customizable shower shoes go right into the washing machine, then air dry overnight, and they're ready for the next shift at the rink. Customizable for your team or with your favorite player's name and number, summer skates, the ultimate hockey player's footwear, are perfect for players in the desert or even for just wearing around the house. Head to IcetimeHockeyWest.com and click on the Summer Skates link to get your personalized koozies and shower shoes today. Oklahoma Sooners Hockey, celebrating 20 years of big hits, 20 years of big saves, and 20 years of big goals. Go to OUHockey.net and get your season or single-game tickets to see the Sooners take on national powers, Minot State, Missouri State, and, of course, rival Central Oklahoma. Single-game tickets are just $10 apiece, while OU students and staff are free with their ID. Youth hockey players are also free if they wear their jerseys. 20 years of Oklahoma Sooners hockey, the action you crave, only faster. UNLV Rebel Hockey, located in fabulous Las Vegas, Nevada, is proud to partner with Ice Time Hockey Southwest. As a premier ACHA Division I university, UNLV offers a unique chance to play college hockey. Experience a pro setting in Hockey Mad Las Vegas while you earn your degree in any of our over 300 majors in one of the world's destination cities. If this sounds right for you, then visit us at rebelhockey.com to get your future started today. Hello, hockey fans. This is Jesse Lowell, captain of the Arizona Wildcats, and you are listening to the Great West College Hockey Podcast. When you put on that Central Oklahoma Broncos jersey, you represent a championship culture on the ice and in the classroom. Two-time ACHA M1 National Champions, four-time WCHL Champions, and named a Best in the West College by U.S. News and World Report, UCO hits all of the benchmarks for an elite college hockey experience. Our Edmond, Oklahoma campus, which is just minutes from downtown Oklahoma City, has over 100 areas of study and over 200 student organizations to help you find your fit. Whether it's our stunning 210-acre campus or our NCAA-level hockey environment, go to uco.edu or ucohockey.com and see if Oklahoma's Metropolitan University is for you. As San Diego State begins its first season of ACHAM1 Hockey, be a part of the foundation as the Aztecs look to build a new chapter in the city's long hockey history. In addition to our growing hockey program, the more than 36,000 SDSU students in our many degree programs, from bachelor's to doctorate, enjoy the best of higher education and lifestyle. Go to sdsu.edu to see if our unique, diverse experiences for you and visit sdsuhockey.com to support the top college hockey program in California. Welcome back to another segment of ITHSW Podcast's American Collegiate Hockey Top 20. All right, indeed. Welcome back. It's uh, a Wednesday, which means it's time to talk American Collegiate Hockey Top 20 Podcast. Scott Strandy with you from a balmy 86 degrees in and windy, I might add, Palm Springs, California. My co-host is always Stephen Marsh, joining me from that big, beautiful, vibrant city that is Las Vegas, soon to be home of the A's, the Las Vegas A's, playing baseball in the big city of Las Vegas. Stephen, how are things up there? Are they digging in the ground yet to get that thing going? Well, it's kind of hard to do that when they can't even decide on which where they want to have the stadium because they just announced <laughs> the, they're going to where the Tropicana is, sits now. So they're going to a few weeks ago it was there was another site. So it's hard to put stuff in the ground until they finally decide where they want to <laughs> where they think is the best place to put this stadium if that's what they're going to do. But we're pretty certain they're on their way to Vegas at some point in well, time, correct? That's that's what they that's what they say. But we'll we'll see it uh, when we believe it. What in the world will you do? I mean, that becomes a mecca now. I know you're a baseball lover. And by the way, uh, I considered last night, had it not been so crazy busy in my life, 
going to see uh, Shohei Otani pitch because he's actually about a half a mile from my place in Anaheim. And uh, I was considering going there to watch the game last night because he uh, made more history. Um, and I know you're a big Angels fan, so. Oh, yeah. Um, they lost. They ended up losing that game. And they right? lost. I know. And they lost today, too. So I know. I know. That's why I didn't go. We got to enjoy wanna... while you can because uh, there's talk of that Shohei is going to get this record-breaking contract next year when he's a free agent and that he's not going to end up with the Angels, especially if the Angels don't end up making the playoffs again. Yeah, he wants to win the World Series, I hear. And I, yes, I think, I think it. We we know how good of a player he is, and we know how he wants to win. But I think we saw him on that stage at the World Baseball Classic a few months ago, and when he went up against Trout and USA and uh, Japan in that championship game. And I think that just we got more of an itching. I think he might have got more of it, what it would be like on a grand stage, like a World Series or or playoff baseball. So, uh, yeah, I think it's only a matter of time before he gets his opportunity whether it be with the angels which i hope it still will be but that's going to be dependent on how they do too and uh, if not he'll probably end up somewhere else where they have a better chance of contending for the title yeah i hear you anyway we got our baseball talk in anyway <laughs> anything else you want to talk about we want to talk about the nba the lakers are going for a no 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 <laughs> No, that's where I draw the line. I cannot, I cannot be a Lakers fan. I, you know, the NFL me. schedule comes out tomorrow. You want to talk about that? <laughs> Everywhere I'm at, I, you know, I adopt the teams around You're in Laker me. Town boy, now. <laughs> I'm having a hard time with that one because there's always the just, Clippers. There's always the Clippers. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> okay, uh, let's get on because let's talk about what's going on or what went on in Naples. Uh, first and foremost, another congratulations to the head coach at Arizona State, Greg Powers, being inducted into the ACHA Hall of Fame. Another couple people were inducted in there as well. I don't know if you have that in front of you, Stephen, but um, that was one of the orders of business as the coaches get together like they do every year in South Florida. Yeah, every year they, they have those meetings in, in Florida, which isn't a bad place to have those kind of meetings. And uh, even though they've had to, I think, move from a different place they used to have it because it was changed up and whatever but uh but yeah it was uh they had that um meaning and greg powers along with some others were went into the hall of fame i don't have the i don't remember i don't have the off top of my head or right in front of me who ended up going into the hall of fame besides greg powers but but yeah what an honor for greg powers certainly a big part of the the acha uh landscape and certainly what he was able to do with arizona state while he was the head coach of it at the ACHA level. Of course, now he's got the program at the NCAA level. Of course, there is a Arizona State program at the ACHA level still to this day, but it's different. So yeah, it's uh, it's good to uh, to have that, and and uh, he certainly was an integral part of that. So uh, I'm sure he enjoyed being back with his ACHA peers there, and I'm sure he's been to many of those when he was involved in the ACHA, and now he got to be back uh, there well, in his, HH, here's his the, ACHA here's the brethren in in that setting. Here's the uniqueness, though. That's all the coaches in college hockey. They all go there. NCAA, ACHA, now they split apart, and they have uh, their own little groups. Uh, but, but they're all together, so it's really the brotherhood of all college hockey coaches. Oh, all, not just for the ACHA? They go, they go to that meeting? Yeah, it's the uh, American, I can't remember, it's American College Hockey Association. Um, or, or something like that. I can't remember the acronym, but it's, yeah, it's all the coaches. So the NCAA guys are there, um, you know, and then they have the awards dinner, the hall of fame, they have all of that stuff. Um, but then they break apart and they have their annual meeting for ACHA and NCAA. So it's all done at one time. Um, and that, and I want to ask you this too, well, because before I asked this, that, I, I, the, the yeah. other Hall of Fame class was Christian Wilk. Uh, he goes the builder one. He has a uh, head coaching experience for over twenty five years at the ACHA Division One level. And then Jonathan uh, Thibodeau uh, f- was also as a player. He was with uh, Saginaw State University from two thousand six two thousand twelve. Um, so he was also. Um, oh, Wilk is going to be honored uh, next year, I guess, but. Uh, but the other two were honored uh, this year. So, okay. So, so like I asked Paul Hornstein on the NCAA side of things, I want to ask you this: um, from the ACHA side of things, you've seen it. 
You've seen ACHA teams play NCAA teams. You saw a game with me um, where UNLV nearly knocked off Anchorage uh, in Henderson. So what we're seeing now, Stephen, is a crossover, a big crossover. Minot State next year at Christmas time going to Colorado College in Denver. Arizona playing Arizona State in an exhibition to open the season. Simon Fraser making the trip to Colorado College to play a game. Um, there's all kinds of crossover between uh, ACHA teams and NCAA teams. So my question to you is, have you seen over the last four, five, six years um, a tightening of the uh, quality of hockey between the two uh, conferences, leagues, whatever you want to call them? I think certainly you could say that. I think there's still there is still a difference. You know, maybe it's a little bit more of a of a gap than we all thought wasn't the was the case, uh, because we 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 have said it's gotten a little bit tighter and tighter and closer between the ACHA and the NCAA, and that's certainly the case. But then you see some of these games, and it's the and not only the NCAA, it's the best of the NCAA and then the ACHA and there's still a big gap. There's usually a lot of scoring and and stuff like that um, for the for the NCAA team and not so much for the ACHA team. So I think there has been progress. I think there's still. I mean, the NCAA is like it'd be like, you know, it'd be like a team of uh, what's the AHLers? No, that's would be that's too close to the NHL. ECHLers playing all NHL caliber players. I mean, there's there's a little bit of a of a difference there, but. Um, but we are seeing how it's getting closer within the pro level, and I think it's, it's certainly happening uh, between the NCAA and the ACHA. And in some cases, NCAA caliber players, whether that's Division One or Division Two or Division Three, might end up going to play at an ACHA program, a top tier ACHA program, because they're not getting as much opportunity with an NCAA program. So I think the one thing that that defines that is that it's not, you know, with this this term, what well, we you know. We, you know, the quote-unquote club word, which we don't like to use for this reason because it's so much – the ACHA is branded so much more than that, even though that's technically what it is. Non-varsity, we could call it non-varsity is probably a better way of saying it. But it's – it's but it's these way these programs are run now, it almost is like a uh, an NCAA program. just doesn't have that that status yet that that comes with uh, being a, an NCAA uh, varsity uh, branded team. Yeah, totally agree. And that's, uh, as I told you, when we made the name switch to the American Collegiate Hockey Top 20, um, I think but like, a, this is the third this is the third name we've gone through now with this yeah, podcast. Yeah, it is. It's, we're, we're trying to find the right one. I think we found it, and I'll tell you why. Uh, that's the point I was getting at. Um, it, there's a clear difference between the top 20, maybe 25 teams in ACHA hockey. They, they seem to be teams that um, are totally bought in. I mean, you watch the way they travel. You watch the way they carry themselves at arenas on and off the ice. Um, we had Gary Astalis on last night and or last week. And uh, just, a, just a shout out to Gary for putting the, the uh, link out there because we did 500 downloads last Wednesday. <laughs> One day, which uh, for us was a was a pretty big thing, because people don't know we we have and yet to spend any money promoting. And I not that not that it gets us not that my promotion on social media gets any drives any force, but I didn't even I usually will a lot of times I tweet out the the show the next day on my Twitter, but I didn't even do that. So it's the fact that this all came from 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 their side of things. Uh, not that not that my promotion would get as much viewership, but but uh, but that's impressive. Five hundred downloads for that, and it was a really great show and a great discussion with with Gary Astalis last week, and and uh, we've done a lot of good we've done a lot of good shows, uh, but that one that one was pretty good. And it was a really good conversation with him and his experience with being over there and part of that uh, World Cup of University Hockey. And, well, I, as I told you off uh, air, I am working on bringing on his assistant coaches. Uh, we're looking at bringing on the uh, the M1 Coach of the Year from Ohio. We're looking at uh, getting up to date with what's going on in Oregon. We'll talk to the guys down in San Diego State. So the next six weeks or so, Stephen, it's going to be crazy good content on our show. Um, so 
that's something to look forward to. But my point being is I would like to see it get to the point where people come to me and say, hey, you have to make this show the American Collegiate Hockey Top 40 because uh, there's 40 teams now that are competing uh, really heavy and really hard. And not to say the other teams don't compete. I'm just saying it, it, it's a different level, right? The practice times, the practice schedules, the uh, the trips, the way they travel, the way they carry themselves. Um, you know, you talk to a guy like uh, Rick Zombo, who, by the way, a happy belated birthday, Rick, a couple of days ago. Um, the, uh, the head coach there brought his program. It was an easy transition, I should say, to the NCAA level because he'd been working on that for a long time. Greg Powers, the job that he did, the guys at Penn State, and the job that they did to make the jump. So it just doesn't happen. You have to recruit. You have to work your way up in a budget scenario where, um, you know, you look at what Liberty does. You look at Minot State, what they do, what UNLV does. Um, Arizona, you just go down the list of the top 20, 25 teams, and you see there's a difference because they are, quote-unquote, bought in. Yeah, figuratively and uh, literally uh, bought in for sure, and and it's that is that is the difference, and and you see that with with some of these uh, ACHA programs, and and obviously there's a lot of things that go into being an NCAA program, not just the fact that you need a ton of money to operate as a program, but yet you have to go make sure that there's good, you have to have the support from the university and the athletic departments, and and then if there's a Title IX thing, you got to make sure you can have an equivalent women's sport that can come in and, and be a part of the athletic program to, to have a men's program at, at hockey. So there's a lot of things that if this doesn't happen overnight, and obviously with, with what Lindenwood did recently and uh, people say, oh, they made the jump. It's like over. It's like this was a process for them to get to this point. They weren't even sure going into what, as I was there in St. Louis when this was all going down, where we were, there was a lot of hub about is this going to happen or it's not going to happen, and things were changing as the national tournament was going on. That made it seem like, oh, this is going to happen. As soon as this tournament's over with, they're going to announce, you know, a few weeks later or whatever it was that they're going to be an NCAA program. But up until then, it was still there was still you were always confident it was happening, but there wasn't that wasn't always that same sentiment across the the college world that that was going to happen. But it ended up happening, and and things changed. During that, uh, with certain leadership and stuff, for that to happen, so it's it's a lot of factors that go into uh, if you are an ACHA program that wants to be an NCA program. I think that's why, as good as and as great as Lit- Liberty has, they haven't been able to make that that climb yet. Or you know, UNLV's trying, but there's you know there's a lot of factors still to go there, and 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 these things don't just happen overnight. No, they really don't. And uh, just a shout out to Joe Caprio as we get into this. I had a chance to meet Joe at the uh, the Chicago Showcase uh, a few years ago, and uh, the job that he does putting together the uh, the Showcase Prospect Camp, which just recently uh, was completed, uh, it is a great spot for coaches to get together and see a bunch of players and make their pitch, if you will, and. Um, you know, like uh, Coach Zombo told us uh, a couple of weeks ago on the NCAA show, he said the biggest difference between recruiting NCAA and ACHA is that this is about the time, April, May, that's when they start recruiting and locking down players at the ACHA level because they've already, um, players have already gone through and maybe thought they were going to be NCAA level and didn't get that offer they wanted. Now they start looking at the next level. So uh, the showcase is a big opportunity. What do you know about the showcase? And uh, I understand the head coach from UNLV was there. Yeah, Anthony Vigneri Green, the head coach of UNLV, did attend that. Uh, I think he any any opportunity he has for a chance to go to Chicago, he he, he has roots there, or, or at least uh, is fond of Chicago in that area. I, th- I know I saw pictures of him at a Cubs game while he was there. So so he used his opportunity to to get away and, and have a little trip too but yeah use it as an opportunity to go to the showcase as well and and be a part of that and and just see um i you know just following the the twitter account that they have on it just seeing the different teams involved like uh for women's and for men's uh michigan dearborn uh northwestern um you know the hockey house podcast guy one of the you know the main guy for that was out there 
doing great work for that. So I mean, they they are, they do great work with their their podcast and what they try to promote with the level of hockey at this level. And and uh, so yeah, I mean, it just seems like every year is it gets more and more attention and and, and bigger. Uh, they're at the Fifth Third Arena, the home speaking where Connor Bedard will be spending a lot of his his days here coming up here coming up soon. Unless you trade him. The, Maybe they'll trade him. <laughs> As we tie it back to to that, uh, but yeah, it's uh, it's every year it just gets uh, seems like it gets bigger and bigger, and and um, and maybe that's just because now we're kind of way out of COVID times, and so everything's really back to kind of operating as normal. So it's it seems like it's really ex- expanded more so than the the last few years. But I just look at a lot of these teams that were there, and um, you know, for for Utah, the women and. Yeah, it's just a lot of great schools, and I don't know if it's not just necessarily for for uh, ACHA either. I think it's it's it, it expands beyond that, I believe, but I I could be wrong. Maybe it's more ACHA focused. I think it is ACHA focused, but but still, I mean, you know, well, and, and the thing about Chicago is it's kind of in the center of the country, right? So it's a way to get people into one spot. It's not like traveling all the way east or traveling all the way west or whatever. Uh, it's kind like of simply located. Tournament was in Boston this past uh, yeah. March. <laughs> Don't go there with me. Uh, and I'm not bad mouthing you, Boston. God, you guys did a great job, and I'm I'm so extremely proud of that. It just was almost an impossible. How about those Boston scenario. Bruins? Huh? Boy, they had a really good year. <laughs> <laughs> Piling on Boston now, aren't you? Go ahead, pile on. <laughs> The there Denver hate mail. There goes our chance of getting any sponsorship with uh, Boston area. Uh, the producers. Denver people are going to be throwing darts at you too because uh, Jim Montgomery was the coach there who did a fantastic job in, in bringing them around in his first year. Because guess what? Bruce Cassidy went where, Stephen? Yeah, Bruce Cassidy's still coaching right now at the Vegas Golden Knights. Okay, just checking. There's a game tonight too, by the way, isn't there? Oh, yeah, it's a big game. Big swing game. <laughs> Either three one series lead or two two uh, tie. They're up there in the in the uh, Edmonton area. Okay, I got two questions for you on that too because we got a couple minutes left here. So uh, I apologize to our ACHA fans that want I more. I know uh, we haven't really done much with the. ACHA. We'll, we'll give you we'll give you more. I promise. We've got some great guests gonna gonna be joining us over the next six weeks or so. But anyway, um, so I got to ask you this. Uh, What's the what's the goaltender situation like in Vegas right now? Do they have one, none, or four? It's uh, it's none of the above. It's uh, it's three. Uh, they have uh, Aiden Hill now. He's the guy. Uh, well, at least right now he is. Uh, as we wait on Persuad, but it doesn't look good with Persuad. If they're having to do these tests and MRIs and stuff, did not look good the the other night when he got injured and had to come out of the game. Uh, and and boy, you feel for him because boy, what a year he's had up and down with injuries coming back from that, and not any room for him in the in the end, so to speak. If you want to use <laughs> use that analogy, it's no room for him on the team uh, at the Golden Knights level, at least. So he spent a lot of time in Henderson, did well to get back to form there. Uh, then he got his opportunity because of the injury. The carousel began with Thompson and Hill, and then Brassois got his chance that he got hurt for a while, had to come back out of the lineup again for a bit. Then he came back healthy and. He, was the guy again as Thompson has still not been able to play and not on the ice skating. So his prospects for playing at all this postseason probably not going to be there. So then it's Baswan. He was really great in the latter part of the regular season, did not lose a game in regulation. So then now he's the guy for the playoffs, but now he's not the guy because he gets hurt last in the last game. So now it's Aiden Hill and how, and, and how about this? And you look back at game two and the golden Knights getting blown out. And they decide to put Aiden Hill in in the third period. And how good does that look now? Because Aiden Hill hadn't played much hockey uh, since he'd come back from his injury uh, at the later part of the season. He got a couple periods down in Henderson, bef- you know, before the season ended there. And then he was in the third period in this playoff game the other night. It's game two, and then he has to come in and give him. So, but and I think they acknowledged that. I think Bruce Cassidy acknowledged it. I think Aiden Hill acknowledged it, that that helped. That he was able to at least get a feel for it. Yeah, maybe it wasn't as high intensity because, you know, the Edmonton Oilers were up by 4-1 or whatever it was, 5-1, and, you know, it was kind of out of reach at that point. But still to get that action, and he didn't give up a goal, I don't think, in that third period. And then he didn't give up a goal in, in any of the game the other night. So, you know, he he's more than capable of doing it. So 
that's the situation there. Okay, so how many goaltenders they have? So they have Hill. Now you got Jonathan Quick, who came from being the third guy, the emergency backup, because you can have three goaltenders. You have you, you bring your own emergency backup, so to speak, which is not which is not, which is not saying much. And then now he's the backup. Today now, Yuri Patera, who'd been hanging around since the Henderson season ended, skating with the extras, the so quote unquote black aces as they're known in the past, in the in the hockey world, the extras that they have been skating separately. Um, he's now with the team as the third goalie. So the question is three. Um, they probably have another one now in the pipeline, maybe somewhere. <laughs> but uh, I love see. it. We, but how many you... do you how many do you prepare for? Because you, you, the season's over with for Henderson, so it's been over. So I mean, you, you have some guys skating on their own in their own little group, and and you see that just before Golden Knights practices, they you don't see it because they they don't let you in for it, but they escape a little bit beforehand with the Henderson coaches that are left, uh, the two that are there, uh, Joel Ward and J.B. Heard and Freddie Brathwaite, the goaltending coach at the AHL level. So they're all helping out there and and uh, keeping those guys sharp in case they're called upon. And and uh, and, and in this case, the goaltender, uh, Yuri Patera, now going to be part of the Golden Knights uh, mix, at least for right now, until we know more about Brassois. But, uh, so the question is three as of right now. Uh, okay. So, so Thompson, so, so Thompson and Brassois <laughs> unavailable. Hill is the guy. Quick backup and the emergency backup is now Patera. Okay, we got that ironed out. Now uh, a little more serious question, if I can. Um, a lot's been made over the comment of John Anderson on ESPN about Zach Whitecloud. Um, I heard it. I thought it was untimely, unnecessary. I don't know why you would say it. Um, I understand he's apologized to Zach and maybe even publicly. Um, but but you, as a uh, Vegas Golden Knight insider, and you really are now, you're uh, you're tucked inside there. Um, I don't know if insiders. I don't. I don't know if I'm on Gary Lawless's level, but no. But you're you're getting darn close. You're seeing a lot of stuff as as I did the first year. Um, but now that you're you're there, uh, offended? Were you offended by that for Zach? Uh, was Zach offended? I've heard his comments publicly, but um, was, was that offensive, or or was it something where, you know, he just said, "Hey, the guys, the guy screwed up," and uh, they moved on? Yeah, I don't know. I think it's it's real unfortunate. I, I think what's what's unfortunate about it is because of, uh, of and he's very proud of it. His his heritage. And, and that name and, and, the, and that last name and that heritage uh, from where he's from and everything. And, and I think, and I think it's just more of a, that, that John Anderson didn't really understand that. Um, so maybe there's a little bit of, of ignorance there. I, I think it was probably un, unnecessary. I mean, the joke was kind of, I mean, it wasn't even, it wasn't even that funny really. I mean, it was it just kind of like, okay. I mean, you'd say something about toilet paper or something because it's, you know, has kind of, it's like, it just doesn't, I don't know. It was just, and I, you know, John Anderson owned it and he apologized for it. And, uh, because of that. And, and I think, I think the, the situation kind of cooled itself, uh, pretty quickly on that. Uh, you know, white cloud, um, got a little emotional in his press conference the next day about it there in Edmonton talking to the media that's there. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, I think it's, uh, and, and, and Zach, you know, does not want this attention on himself. He's he's the last guy that would want that. Uh, but he even said it. I think it shows you how good of a person he is. That he uses it as an opportunity to as a learning experience and as a, an opportunity for that and and uh, and maybe an opportunity for for somebody like John Anderson to learn from it and, and for him to get better to understand understand what that how that was wrong or why he shouldn't have said that or or, or learn more about that culture or, or that background of where that name comes from and just kind of as a learning experience for others that may, may not understand either and, and, and learn from that. So I, that's the good that can come from that uh, unfortunate thing. Um, it's not, it's, it's egregious and it's, it shouldn't have been, shouldn't have been said, but certainly there's been more egregious things said uh, by, by people on TV uh, regarding players and stuff or regarding things in general. Uh, but it's, it's, it wasn't uh it wasn't good, that's for sure. But uh, I'm glad that I'm glad that everybody owned up to it. I think people would love to see him apologize on air. I know he's done that in social media, 
uh, but not everybody can see that. But maybe next time he's somebody who suggested that the next time he's on air, that he can uh, apologize about it. But but maybe now everybody just kind of moves on from it. It it doesn't seem to be really a story now. Um, but uh, yeah, that was certainly uh, unfortunate, and it's it's kind of unfortunate because I'm sure it, it weighed a lot on Zach too, and 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 you need the rest time in between the games. And this became an, an issue in the off day yesterday, so it kind of that that kind of made it a little bit more of a of a thing than than you wish it would have because or that that it shouldn't have been because had this not been even said at all, so you just hope that there's no effect on that as well the the weight of that uh, from the last day or so. Yeah, well, so I just wanted to get your opinion on that before we ended the show because um, uh, tomorrow we'll have the the Pro Hockey West report and we'll have lots to talk about again. Uh, we'll have the uh, the game tonight. We'll have to talk about those Seattle Kraken and what they're doing in a battle with Dallas. The other thing uh, I'd say about it too is that it's just you know ESPN. This is they're fairly new again at at doing hockey. Now they've done it before, but this has been a, you know this is their second year you know covering the NHL more closely, so they're getting. You know, there's a little bit more attention on hockey on ESPN, which which is great, I guess. Oh, which is great. I mean, I, I mean, I you know issues with ESPN in general, but but it, in general, it, but you got these guys that do these sports center shows and and stuff that probably don't know anything about. Now, somebody suggested this too, and I heard this on the radio, and I, it's probably true. If would this would they have been able to? Would they have said this about an NF? NFL player or an NBA player where they have so much money invested in those properties to do those, you know, to be those games. They, they're very careful about what they say about those, about players for those leagues, because uh, the, the backlash for those would have been a lot more than what uh, happened here. But um, it's just a matter of a knowledge thing. And hopefully as ESPN continues down the road here, that they can get more of an, of an, a knowledge of the, of the, the league and its players and, and maybe what you should and shouldn't say with, with the anchors, but you can't always control what somebody's going to say on air either. So uh, it's, it's a personal responsibility too, by uh, each anchor of, of those different programs. Yep. Very well said. Okay. Um, let's say good night. Tell everybody to join us tomorrow for the pro hockey West report live on the Podbean app uh, Sunday night. Um, Paul Hornstein and myself will be back with college hockey West live Analytics and Eyeballs on Monday night and College Hockey West Weekly on Tuesday night. Next Wednesday, you and I will be back with a guest. And we'll have some great talk on uh, ACHA on the American Collegiate Hockey Top 20 Podcast. Take it away, my friend. From the Summer Skate Studios, this is the American Collegiate Hockey Top 20 Podcast presented by IcetimeHockeyWest.com. Liberty University, bring your faith in your game to the premier ACHA M1 program on the East Coast. See us at liberty.edu and the mask and behindthemask.com with three Valley locations and across the country at behindthemask.com. We keep you supplied with all of the gear you need all season long. University of Central Oklahoma, first class experience on and off the ice. For more information, go to uco.edu or ucohockey.com. Jesse Ray's Barbecue, lunch, catering, dining in or out, or just getting our award-winning barbecue sauce. We're at 5611 South Valley View Boulevard in Las Vegas or 308 North Boulder Highway in Henderson. UNLV Hockey, follow the Skate and Rebels Championship Quest. For schedule and ticket information, go to rebelhockey.com. Topgolf, reserve a bay or a meeting room for your next corporate outing at topgolf.com. Adrian College, Championship hockey culture and a nationally ranked small private school education at adrianbulldogs.com. Caesars Entertainment Resorts and Casinos. With Caesars Rewards, members can enjoy rates as low as $10 a room. University of Arizona Hockey. Visit ArizonaWildcatHockey.org and become part of one of the West's most historic hockey programs. Summer Skates. Order your custom koozies or shower shoes at summerskates.com and show your game in style. San Diego State Hockey, Sun, Sand, and Hockey, as well as a top-flight education at sdsu.edu and sdsuhockey.com. Jets Pizza, go to jetspizza.com to find one of our over 400 locations in 20 states nationwide. Oklahoma University Hockey, the action you crave only faster at ouhockey.net. The American Collegiate Hockey Top 20 Podcast is part of the IceTimeHockeyWest.com network and is live every week on the Podbean app 
and is available on your favorite podcast platform at ITHSW Podcasts, all one word. Again, search ITHSW Podcasts, all one word. Subscribe, rate, and review any of our podcasts to help others find the show. Very well done, my friend. Let's see if we get 500 downloads tonight or if it's just Gary Astalis power. <laughs> I, it's probably just Gary Astalis power. I'm going to say it is. Be, I'm going to say it is. We've been lucky just to get 10. <laughs> All right. We'll say goodnight uh, and uh, wish everybody a great weekend. Enjoy the hockey. Steven, enjoy tonight's game as well as you have Vegas and uh, Edmonton game four. Good night, everybody. <laughs>